Welcome, welcome to the Anchor.com, the AnchorFM.com, the home of the podcast where you can be heard all around the world. Anywhere from your bedroom, living room, bathroom, any room your heart so desires. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This episode, I'm going to talk about a duo. Um, very intriguing duo and made history together musically. And since I just specialize in the songs and greatness of an act, I'm going to leave it at that. I let people make their own conclusions and wherever they want to go. Because I'm one of those kind of people that I always separate the music from the folks. And if I like your work, I just go and roll with it. I don't make any apologies for artists that I choose to acknowledge. Because if I've thought something of you, I can definitely see the impact on what you've done. So I'm going to definitely, you know, talk about this duo and this was a very important duo as they made a lasting impression. And I am talking about Ike and Tina Turner. One of the best duos to ever do it with some timeless classic songs. And I have listened to a lot of their songs over the years. And, you know, and then dug the, the gravelness of how it all came to be because it was a match made musically. They were incredible together. First song I'm going to talk about is River Deep Mountain. And it was a song that was produced by the recently departed Phil Spector. And um, when you hear the arrangements and, and the vocals, uh, Tina Turner was very well coached and driven by Ike Turner. And Phil Spector had his own vision in the studio. But she had the, um, you know, had the, had the mindset to just take it, run with it. And she definitely left a lasting impression. You know, when you hear her, her gravelness, the root, the, the, the stuff, the roughness of her. And that made it so imaginative of how she was able to just take the message, make the music, and just, you know, leave you wanting more. And it was just really incredible how her runs were on this particular song. You know, the gospel, the blues, the R&B, the pop. You put them all back then, she had a real distinctive uh, way of operating musically. And it all combined as one. It was an interest, intriguing musical stew. And this was one of them songs that definitely captured the rawness of her in the movement. To also understand that you have to see them performing live. When you see her performing live, you'll see where Beyonce got a lot of her moves from. And other acts too. And Ike Turner was running things with the band. Had a very tight ship with the groove and, the, and everything. And it just complimented. It was like really structural. And yet it just had this freestyle, had this freedom, this wild kind of vibe, but yet it worked. You know, it was like really structured. So that was a tight cut. Uh, next cut I dug was it's going to work out fine. This is like a duet and it was kind of like a play on words. But again, it was another one of those songs that was pretty straightforward. Um, definitely dug the tone, definitely loved the feel of it. Uh, the production was on point. The arrangements was nice. And I liked, again, the vocals. You get a different display of how Tina Turner's voice goes and Ike's as well. And the music. And again, they understood not a long songs, but getting the right songs. See, sometimes back in the day, it wasn't long songs. It was the right songs. Like you say what you're going to say in those two or three minutes, you get it right. They definitely was on point with this. It was a very tight cut. And I like the, the way it starts off. It was really, really cool. And I like how that song, uh, where it went, how it felt. And what it said, that was definitely uh, one of those happening songs that you won't soon forget. So I definitely like how that song went. 
The next cut I dug was Good Good Lovin'. And Tina Turner was singing the blues out of this cut. If you really want to catch the rawness of her, uh, and no matter what she'll say, anybody says, when she worked with Ike Turner, she sung some of her most strongest, earthiest, rawest songs. And that pain and what she's going through and everything going on, it came out in her voice because the songs spoke for themselves. They had a feeling, they had a drive, they had an attitude. You can't make that up. That was the expression. That was how it was, where it went. And when you hear it, you can definitely feel like the ground underneath her rising and shaking because the emotions and everything that was there were so deep and profound. And it was very memorable. And I think that's what you long for. An artist getting to the core of the root. You know, just like, just letting it all bear there. Letting it all come there. And how it just takes you in. You know, it's just really... Um, power in that and that that's very important when you hear songs like that so that was a tight cut the next cut I dug was I'm Jealous and it was a play on words it was you know some of the songs that they did together you almost think were well, they biographical and how it came up but that energy that attitude that madness these songs just came second nature they were just like you know drinking water and yet you got the you got the the, the rawness of it which captured where her vocals were, the production of it, and how it just blended. And then the harmonies and everything were just like really on point. Because that was one of the things about them. They had this raw, gritty, down song home vibe, but yet they had the melodic background. The music was the rock swing of what was happening at the time, but yet it complemented everything. It all was like salam in its own way. And you have to hear it to understand it, but it definitely uh, hit the spot. The next cut I dug was I Idolize You. This is probably one of the cuts that doesn't get a lot of talk about in the catalog. It reminds you of Motown's, um, like Hunter Bunny is what I want. It has a Motown type of feel. And imagine if Tina and Ike had done something with Barry Gordon and the Motown crew back then. Because this is about the closest as you get to it. But this cut works. This cut, you know, it's kind of like, it's almost like indulgent. But yet it works. It's one of them songs, I Idolize You and how I'm going to get to that point of the love and everything. And again, it's very reflective, but yet it's like one of them songs that you can't turn off. And it's catchy, too. It's catchy as big time. You know, sometimes when you listen to some of their biggest hits and you just listen to how certain parts go, you really, like, got to stop in your tracks that, hey, this song was, was, was the point. This one song had the joint, so it was tight. Next cut I dug was A Fool in Love. And again, all the, the rock, the anger, the attitude, you hear a lot of those elements come out in this song. Uh, one of them songs that just definitely grab, gravitates and it's just like really hits you really hard. It's like one of them songs that's a straightforward, no joke or no, no chase, just straight on the money and you can't help but get to it. It's really tight. I really dug that cut a whole lot. Really on point. Another strong production. Next cut I dug was Proud Mary. When she did it with uh, I, the groove of it, and the anger and the rockness of it, that's where she that's where her impact is really felt. You know, and you know, when she gets into that cadence, she takes the song to a whole nother level. You know, Clarence Clearwater, uh, Clearwater John Fogarty did great version, but I continue to took it to another level. Proud Mary Keep on Burning was just like when you hear that, this is like the song that's like the Tina Turner uh 
how do I say it? It's like her anthem. It's that strong. It's that powerful. And it takes a life, the energy, the attitude. That's the thing that she did. She took all that to a whole nother level. And it was on point. And I just definitely dug that song. That song is tight. You get all the musical elements in a stew. And it comes out and it leaves you just like, whoa, that is powerful. Next cut I dug, of course, was the OG version of Nutbush City Limits. I like the old school version because she was singing it and her voice kept going in that motion. And it was like getting there and going there. And she wrote it and you felt the drive and the attitude. And that was like really, as I mentioned on the Tina Turner podcast part, that version was more of the modern day version. This was the old school one, but I like how her voice kept going. And you just felt like the burst was coming and she was getting into it. No, she didn't go. And she was just bringing a different cadence to it. So I think she gave it a stronger take when you listen to the old version of it. It's just, it just hits you. You know, it just leaves you like, whoa, that song, that's how you do it. That's just really strong. And I really like the sentiments of it. And it was strong. The last cut that I don't give props to from Ike and Tina Turner is one of their funkiest songs ever. And it was Sexy Ida. And this song is a smoking cut. They actually did this one back on Soul Train back in the day. It was bumping. And you don't always think about the funk coming out of them, but Sexy Idol was a bumping cut, you know. Showed you the versatility of them because the blues, the pop, the R&B, you know, hybrid sounds. But to do a straight funk song showed you the versatility and the possibilities. And that's why Ike and Tina Turner were one of the baddest duos ever. I mean, musically, they was bringing it to you. They was really like Bonnie and Clyde in it for male and female duets. So this this compilation is tight, and this is one funky cut. Wash your hands, keep your mind clear, watch out for one another, and uh, please tell me your favorite Ike and Tina Turner song, live performance, or video albums. Please feel free to share. Uh, just because a song is older or album is older does not mean you can't get something new out of it, because if you listen to their music, her voice... Her, where she goes with her range, and of course you catch them live performances. You see where like Beyonce got a lot off of her, and other artists did too. Cause one thing about it, Tina Turner was provocative and and had a certain flair about it, but she was still business like she still had the command, and that's what's missing. How you balance the two without giving away too much, and she definitely did that. And she could hang, she could hang. You know, you want to call her um, a female Michael Jackson, a female. James Brown, a female Mick Jagger, however you want to call it, it all came out there. And Ike Turner was an effective band leader. And you could definitely appreciate that. So, you know, this is some some tight music overall. Keep it funky. Keep it on the one. Be safe out there. Be careful out there. If you get a chance to listen to some Ike and Tina Turner, you're going to hear some very important music that helped change the course of popular music. So next time, we'll catch you later. Peace and the best. I'm out. Mm-hmm.